pros do it right by relying on trusted brands because your reputation depends on it. Lowe's is here to help by having more of those brands in stock like DeWalt. So when you need a DeWalt tool fast, you know where to go and where to save. Because we stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. And now you can save $100 on a DeWalt XR2 Tool 20-volt max brushless power tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver for just $289. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616 U.S. only. Roto-Grinders presents the Daily Fantasy Fix Podcast. Dan Bach talks to the biggest personalities in DFS, delivers commentary on the industry's most important topics, and gives you the advice you need to help build winning lineups. Both the salary and the matchup are just too good. If you are not playing him in your head-to-head games, you are just going to lose. You didn't really think we were going to get rid of that, did you? Here's your host, the one and only, Dan Bach. Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome, Dan Bach, Roto-Grinders, Daily Fantasy Fix podcast for you on a Monday. And uh, we're going to step away from the world of DFS analysis on today's show because it came down early this morning and we got to talk about it. The Supreme Court striking down the federal law prohibiting sports betting and really paving the way for legalized sports gambling in the coming years here in this country. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that, its effects on daily fantasy, and uh, and what it's going to look like in this country, what it means. And uh, I think there's a lot of great stuff to kind of analyze here. So that's what I'm going to spend the time on on the podcast today. If you're looking for DFS stuff, Morning Grind's got you covered. Premium podcast as well. Covering MLB for you today. Uh, before we move on, do want to thank Fantasy Draft, though. They are the great sponsor of the show, have been for a while. So if you want to pay it forward, make that deposit over there. And uh, really unique formatting as well. Very different than FanDuel and DraftKings. And uh, definitely using that promo code Grinders helps us out in terms of being able to give you free content like this and the happy hour show. So check them out, uh, fantasydraft.com. All right, uh, again, not wasn't really a surprise to me because I, I felt like it was like 90% sure it was going to happen, but became official this morning. 7-2, to two, the Supreme Court struck down the Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act, which uh, came in, uh, what, 1992 and basically barred the states from authorizing sports gambling. There was a couple of exceptions out there in Nevada, Delaware, a few places, but ultimately it prevented... Uh, sports betting to be legalized in this country. And uh, now uh, that's no longer the case. And this is really, really fascinating time because this is something which I truly believe is going to change the way that we watch sports. Because one thing we have certainly seen and, and come to know with Daily Fantasy is if you've got a sweat on something, it makes it that much more interesting. Your engagement, the the amount of sports you consume goes up. And yes, uh, there's been millions and billions of dollars that have been bet illegally underground and that's still going to exist, but I do believe there's a huge market of people, including myself, who um, basically didn't bet on sports mainly because there wasn't an easy and convenient way to do it. I don't know Bruno the bookie in Jacksonville. I, I don't really want to uh, put my money on offshore accounts, which you know you may or may not end up getting that money back from, which there's no regulatory um, process 
at all involved with. So I'm exactly the type of customer who would be excited to bet on sports if it's easy and convenient. And I think there's a huge audience there. And the same way Daily Fantasy changed the way we watch sports, I think sports betting will too. Now, the main beneficiaries of this are obviously going to be companies who specialize in this type of thing. But you're kidding yourself if you don't think that daily fantasy sites are positioned well for this. FanDuel and DraftKings, uh, right now the value of their companies and their brands uh, might have just gone up like 2, 3x overnight potentially because uh, daily fantasy, even though there is a you know millions and millions of dollars churned every single month uh, on these daily fantasy sites, uh, the rake on them, yes, it's, it's high for us consumers, but also limits in terms of the amount of money that they are making on said contest, where sports betting, uh, a tad bit different side of form, uh, a bit of formatting in the way that that works. But the one thing that these two sites, where FanDuel and DraftKings, I think have the biggest edge in this new world, is that uh, A, they have an enormous customer base. I mean, millions of customers on these two sites. When they had that ad spend a few years ago and they had all these people sign up because they spent hundreds of millions of dollars on advertising and basically grew their company like 15, 20, 30x in like a year or two's time. I mean, that was the heavy lifting that, that went on, but it also positioned them now on a consumer acquisition side of things to potentially save money down the road because that's where this is going to boil down to. It's not the liquidity game like we saw with Daily Fantasy because Daily Fantasy, if you can run the bigger games, if you can have the bigger prize pools, that puts you at a huge advantage over everyone else. Sports betting is not really going to be set up in that manner, but there is something to be said for the comfort of making a deposit and making a withdrawal and having that already occur where these sites already have that set up. They already have the geolocation set up on their apps because here's the thing to remember is this is all going to be done on a state-by-state basis. Uh, Tomorrow, you're not going to be able to bet in 50 states here in this country. But uh, the projection is uh, over the next, what, five years, I think it's 32 states are projected, and I think that number might be low. Because what we've seen in the world of daily fantasy legislation is that there's this snowball effect where when one state does it, another one does it, another one does it, and next thing you know, you get like 15 states on board fairly quickly. Now, there's no question what we saw happen with daily fantasy is kind of an anomaly. It doesn't normally move that fast. But I think with sports betting, we could see it move at a similar speed because I think a lot of the people who probably fought for DFS are probably just fine fighting for fantasy or for sports betting. I think a lot of people would be called hypocritical if they voted for one and not the other. And the bottom line is the amount of money that the states are going to make off of sports betting versus DFS is is going to be night and day. I mean, they are going to make a ton of money off of sports betting. And in DFS... The regulation costs or, or the, uh, the, the fees for sites to run, not particularly great. And it just doesn't have the, the, um, the margins that you have in sports betting. So I think that's, you know, the big difference that we have here. And that's why I think 
it's going to be pretty easy to pass a lot of these uh, sports betting laws moving forward because the last thing you want is people crossing a border to make a bet. Or if somebody has a, a, a good experience, uh, a sports book set up, you don't want people crossing borders, spending their money over there. That's tax dollars that don't go to your state. And we know the budget shortfalls that pretty much every single state seemingly has. Well, here is one potential solution to it. So I think the legislation side of things is going to move pretty darn quick. Now, there's definitely a few things on that front that we want to talk about here too, because the big fight with this is going to boil down to whether the leagues should or should not get a piece of the pie. Uh, because ultimately what I, th- I think really happened here with sports betting, just to give you the, the quick lowdown, is several years ago you had the NBA say, hey, we're all for legalized sports betting, but you know we want it to be licensed and regulated properly. They realize there's a huge market there, and they also realize like we want a piece of the market. Now, I truly believe that the NBA and the sports league's plan was to do this on the federal side of things because you only need to sway a handful of powerful senators and congressmen and women to vote your way And that's a lot easier than trying to do that in every single state out there, especially with state lawmakers, where they've got to be more accountable for the amount of dollars that are coming in versus, uh, you know, via the laws that they make. Um, So, you know, whether it's a senator or um, a state rep, uh, I don't feel like the accountability is as high for them to be like, oh, well, the league's got a piece of the pie for something called an integrity fee. Um, I don't feel like they'll be head, held to the same accountability that maybe some of the state lawmakers would be. And uh, I think it kind of blew up in their face when the Supreme Court took this case. And now the fact that it's going to go on a state-by-state level, the big question is, should they des- do they deserve anything? I think the answer is, No, they don't, quote unquote, deserve anything. They've been prohibiting sports betting in this country for years and years. And you say, well, how are they doing that, Dan? Uh, Because ultimately it was, believe it or not, up to them to enforce enforce PASPA. If they did not want to stop New Jersey from doing what they did, they would not have sued them to begin with. And that's what happened. So it is on them. Um, but they wanted it on their terms. Now, the problem is they're not getting it on their terms anymore, and they're going to have to live with that. And I think the big question is, how good are the lobbyists that the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball, and all these other leagues are going to put forth? Because right now they, and some states are asking for as much as 1% of an entire wager to go towards said league that it's, that it's wagered on. So 1% of the bet, whether it's win or loss, goes towards billionaires. Now, for me, that's a tough that's a tough sales pitch. Um, and that's why they're framing it as something called an integrity fee, where they say it's going to cost us more money to preserve the integrity of our sport because sports betting will be more widespread, which I feel is kind of disingenuous because I don't feel like it's going to cost them that much more, especially to the magnitude of, of the amount of money they would make off of that. Uh, And I've seen some crafty legislation like in New York where there's a certain percentage and that percentage will absolutely go towards integrity monitoring, but that is it. But the funny thing is, if you hear Adam Silver and some other people talk, they've also mentioned like, this is intellectual property. You're betting on our sports. Don't we deserve something for this? 
my reaction to that is you're putting on these sports anyway. You're making hundreds of billions of dollars. You're going to have more eyeballs watch your games because they're going to be able to bet on them. You're going to be able to solicit millions upon millions in advertising from different sports books out there. So you have many of many ways to monetize uh, this new gold rush that's happening in sports. But I don't think it needs to be at the expense of A, the states, who ultimately are going to want their piece, and rightfully so, and B, the consumer. Because ultimately, what's going to happen is the states are going to get theirs. And as I said before, they should. Uh, what's going to happen is that that fee is going to be tacked on to the price of your bet. It's not going to be minus 110. It's going to be minus 115. And this, the edges are slim to begin with in sports betting. And they're going to become even slimmer if there's got to be a handout to either the professional leagues, the players association, and the number of people who are trying to lobby for a piece of the pie. So um, I'll be very interested to see where that ends up uh, over the coming months and years. But I'll say this much, you know, West Virginia already passed a law that didn't have that. And now you've got a governor who, by the way, happens to what be, uh, I think, the owner of the Greenbrier, who's got, you know, uh, a golf tournament in that state, uh, who's buddy-buddy with all the other million, uh, billionaire owners, who's trying to basically retroactively put this fee in place. And I think it's really interesting. I think it's it's crazy to think they're not going to get something. Uh, I think the league's biggest mistake was they came in at such a ridiculous number, like 1%, where I think most people are going to look at that and be like, no, there's no chance. We can't run you know, a viable business uh, at this. Um, and of course, they can run a viable business, but people are just going to lose. It's going to be passed on to the consumers. And, and I don't think that's good for anybody. So... It'll be interesting to see what happens. There's no question. But however these early model, these early bills get passed in the the language that we have on the regulations, it's going to be super interesting because what we saw in Daily Fantasy was the earliest regulations that hit, those were out in Massachusetts, that was a blueprint for pretty much every single bill that hit after the fact. Now, I think that sports betting is a little bit larger issue, a more known issue, so I don't necessarily think everything's going to be quite as cookie cutter, but I definitely think it sets a little bit of a precedent for uh, one state to be like, well, look it, you know, they're doing this integrity monitoring fee out there in New Jersey. Um, why don't we have it in, you know, Florida in the bill that we put together? Uh, so, but and here's the and here's the crazy thing too is. Even if there there is going to be some more money required towards monitoring, why do they need that piece in every single state? It doesn't change. It doesn't change one iota about the amount of work that goes in. And let's face it, uh, it's going to be minimal. They're already doing this stuff. Because guess what? There's, there's regulated gambling in Nevada. And the amazing thing is the leagues at no point in time Fell to themselves, said to themselves, we need to go to ask the casinos in Nevada for a cut because we need to have better integrity on their games. And now that they do, come on. So that's number one. That's something on the, the law side of things that I think is, is fascinating. Um, the uh, Back to Daily Fantasy, you know, there's some people who will sit here and, and, and talk and say that, 
You know, does this the the end the downfall of daily fantasies? It rest in peace, DFS. And uh, I've said all along, I don't think so. I think DFS has built out a pretty darn good model anyway. And what we've really seen with daily fantasy and something that I'm I think won't be able to be created in sports betting for a while. I think eventually it could potentially get there, but the idea that in DFS that we can put in a $20 entry on a golf tournament or a a football lineup and win $1 million or a $5 entry and win $100,000, I think that is something that sports betting is going to have to figure out how to kind of, I guess you could say, compete with. Because I think that's what we've seen is the biggest growth in this world is people like to spend a little to win a lot. Uh, I think people will get very bored, you know, doing a uh, a minus 110 or minus 115 win bet uh, as opposed to being able to put in 10 bucks and win life-changing money in a matter of three or six hours. That's something I don't believe sports betting has figured out. At least I have not seen odds and I have not seen too many times out there where that really happens. Uh, in horse racing, I know we had a situation recently where a woman won a ton of money on a, on a low dollar bet, but horse racing and, and, and actual live event sports have a little bit different number of uh, interested parties to, see the, to say the very least. So, um, and that kind of leads me to the next thing, which I think is going to be interesting, is what kind of innovations are we going to see in the sports betting front that will cater to that? Because I think, uh, in fact, I know there's huge demand for it. There's, uh, we've seen it. Uh, these are the tournaments that fill. Whether it's easy to win, or whether um, you know it's the greatest quote-unquote gameplay, we talk about it all the time, you know, showdown slates are not my favorite, but guess what? People are putting in money with the uh, thought that they could win $100,000 playing a fantasy game on, on a one-game slate. So clearly, people will want to be able to do that sort of thing. But I think the demand isn't, I want to put $5 in to win to win 9 or nine fifty. That's not what people want to do. People want to put their $5 in to win ten k 50 k 100 k and how does sports betting figure that out? Now, if this was a federal framework which allowed people to go across state lines, which, of course, you have a little thing called the Wire Act, which would likely prevent that from happening, um, I think it's a little bit more difficult because everything you have to remember is going to be done on a state-by-state basis. Now, there might be, and again, I'm not the constitutional lawyer by any measure, but we've seen in poker where you've got New Jersey and Delaware and Nevada have now pooled all their players together. So therefore, they've got a larger pool of players. Now, that's something which maybe we can see in sports betting because here's the thing. Like, why not have an enormous NCAA tournament bracket pool that's nationwide, that's literally run like a pool? Where somebody, where the state will take 10%, or the states put in, uh, you know, combine all their players together 
and they share that 10% from the people who enter via, via that state. What is it? You know, Powerball is kind of the same way. You get the bigger, you get the big, like, ask yourself, like, do you play the state lottery or do you play the Powerball? You play the Powerball because it's more money you can win. And the same thing would kind of apply for pooled sports betting. And I can't wait to see in what form that could look like. Like, even on just a single week, um, you know, do you run a, okay, instead of building your lineup of all your DFS players, you're building a lineup card of sports bets. And there's 30 of them on the card. And however many you hit throughout the day, um, you know, that's your score at the end of it. So, uh, and you could do it with props the same way. So we've got 30 props. Whoever has the most, whoever hits the most at the, at the end of the day of football, suddenly, and everybody puts in their $20 entry fee, and then suddenly you can win up to 10K. I think those are the games that are, are going to potentially drive this into kind of a new world. Now, obviously, there's going to be average people who want to put 100 bucks on a game. There's no question. There's going to be those people out there. And that sort of gambling and betting will obviously take form. But uh, I'm very interested to see if we can't do more things that, like I say, allows people to bet little and win a lot. Because in, in the world of betting right now, you don't have a lot of those. Like, who wants to hit a 20-team parlay to win crazy, life-changing money on five bucks? Because guess what? You're basically throwing $5 in the garbage can because it's just not likely to happen. Uh, and usually there's even limits on the, on how big those those parlay payouts even get. So that's the kind of interesting world that I think is going to evolve over the next couple years and can't wait to watch it happen. Now, we also have, you know, the demands from um, the media side of things, you know, from, you know, the touting world. And it's really interesting how this is going to work because touting in, in its current form of sports betting is pretty black and white. Like you give a pick and your pick hits or it doesn't. In the world of daily fantasy, um, you basically give your thoughts on things, but ultimately it's still up to the consumer to build said lineup. I might say, I really like Luis Castillo. He's going to be in my lineup today. And that can be helpful to users, but ultimately users still have to make their lineups. We don't you know, hand out the answer sheet ahead of time. Where in sports betting, it's black and white. The guy either gave you a good pick that made you money or he gave you a bad pick that doesn't. And I'll be very curious to see what form that world takes because that can be a really scummy world um, with people who, you know, basically just give both sides of a game and then give both sides of the game again. And then they start asking for money after that. I mean, I'll never forget like the the old Stu Finer shows like what Sunday mornings or Saturday mornings. Uh, I used to do like a fun little like free pool with my friends at school and I watched these guys and I think one time I actually called up the number to get the pick and boy wasn't that a mistake because literally my mom was getting calls for like the next 
five years asking for Daniel. It's, you know, Rob from the sports handicappers. And she's like, what? what's going on here? And I was like, yeah, I called that number once to get a free pick. And uh, so, you know, hopefully we don't go back to that world. It seems like that has somewhat subsided over the years. Um, but there's still going to be huge analytics to look at, you know, regarding, you know, sports betting and props and everything else. But do I think this is the end of daily fantasy? Not at all. I think fantasy sports uh, especially cemented itself into the fabric of this country and uh, daily fantasy sports. I don't know about you, but there's just the, the skill aspect of building correlated lineups and portfolio of lineups if you're multi-entering. Uh, is is really fun. Now, it, could it be the death of cash games? Maybe. It wouldn't shock me. But I still think we're still always going to have high demand. And, and the other thing to remember, too, is um, daily fantasy is something which you can pool people from all over. You know, this doesn't fall under the same restrictions you have with the Wire Act or UIGEA like you're going to have with sports betting. So, yeah, it definitely gives them a little bit more leeway to uh, run, you know, larger type of contests as opposed to straight betting. But you'd be crazy to think there's that FanDuel and DraftKings are not going to have a platform that they're, you know, would have shared wallets. All those things are, are absolutely going to happen. And they've got a pretty darn good customer base to draw from right off the bat, which is, um, I think, really advantageous. Now, there's no question... The, the William Hills, the Patty Powers, the, you know, Cantor Gaming. There's a number of, uh, you know, sports betting outlets out there who uh, have a better track record uh, or a, a longer track record of, you know, handling bets and setting lines and whatnot. But these sites are going to learn really, really quickly because it's just too big of an opportunity to let go by. So, uh, I'm absolutely fascinated to see what the future has in store here. Just know it's not going to happen overnight. You know, I'm in Florida and we don't have, uh, and we haven't been able to pass a daily fantasy law. We've got a deal with the, the tribes down here, which is really, really messy when it comes down to new forms of gaming. Uh, you know, you've got Texas which, of course, you know, FanDuel still can't operate Daily Fantasy in Texas. You know, that's a state which you've got to wonder how easily are these things going to be passed. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's going to be fascinating to see how this goes. But for the most part, again, kind of like with Daily Fantasy, this isn't really a partisan issue. I think that uh, you're probably going to be able to get this passed in more places than not. But... um that's kind of my initial thoughts off of this today. I think it's a great day, very historic day. I think it's going to change the the way that we view sports. Um, I don't think it's suddenly going to morph everybody into degenerate gambler and uh, and you know not have us care about game outcomes any longer. But I absolutely think it's going to draw engagement to users, whether especially like people in stadium, you know, to be able to do you know, in stadium type of contest and games. Obviously, viewership is going to be enormous. The leagues have a ton of to gain by this, an absolute ton, and they realize it as well. Um, so uh, good day overall and excited to see what the future has in store. But 
Uh, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Uh, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back with more uh, MLB for you on tomorrow's show. You can catch me on XM tonight from 6 to 7. I'll break it down there. Of course, we've got the usual, I think on Mondays, two and a half or three hours of Grinders live shows for you. Crunch time right before Roster Lock with Kevin Roth to keep you up on top of all the weather. And if you haven't noticed, new Plate IQ Premium. That's right. Chris Gimino, check the forums there. He's going to tell you exactly what these uh, Plate IQ um, premium numbers we are putting to players, what they exactly mean. So, again, we're improving our premium product for you guys, and hopefully you're finding it useful uh, this MLB season. But always appreciate any feedback you have. Thanks for listening. And back on the DFS train tomorrow here on the Daily Fantasy Fix. See you, everybody. Have a good night. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Right now, you can get both Sprint's Unlimited plan and the iPhone XR with its amazing camera included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 a month after monthly credit supplied within two bills. If canceled early, remaining balance due. Unlimited basic after 63020, pay $32 a month per line with auto pay. Data deprioritization during congestion. Speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. 